everybody to another episode of the Broken Clock Podcast Games Cast. As always, my name is Adam. And I'm Johnny. We are guaranteed to be right at least twice today because that is the motto of the Broken Clock Podcast. John, welcome. Yo. If you guys are missing Joe, he is still on vacation. Uh, though you can hear a special guest appearance by Joe in the post show of our main event episode last week because I made him stick around <laughs> and record it. Because he had to be on something. Yeah, that's true. I had to make him be a part of one show that weekend, considering there were two shows, three parts, and he missed two of the three, but was around for the third, and even though he didn't watch the main event, I was like, doesn't matter, Joe, come hang out. Talk about wrestling. Yeah. Talk about thing you didn't watch. <laughs> I mean, he didn't watch it, but he was at least able to say, like, you know, oh, I, you know, oh, that sounds cool, that sounds fun. Right. Like, I was excited for this match, and you said it was good, so, like, I kind of want to go back and watch it, or wow, it stinks that this person won over that person. And, you know, so he still had insight. Like, he still is a fan of the product. He's able to speak about it even if he hadn't. I mean, think about how many times he sat in that chair where you're sitting right now and just not had any idea what he was talking about and still did it anyway. Right. It's crazy, right, how much he's done that? Like every week. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. So if you guys do miss Joe and you want your your weekly dose of Joe, you can go listen to the uh, the main event post-show where me and Joe sit down and talk about Clash of Champions. He was our champion, too, so it made sense that he... Oh, Joe walked away with the belt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe and I were the champions at the end of the show, so we naturally, your champions, hosted an episode. Digital Joe always does better. Digital Joe is very good. He's way better than regular Joe in making <laughs> wrestling predictions. I don't I know why that happens. Swayed. I think why. he swayed, too. I think we convince him otherwise, yeah. or he, like, in the moment will be like, oh, I want a dark horse this pick. Right. Let me go ahead and just, like, pick a different thing as opposed to... He can go in fresh, having no preconceived notions, and, and do well. Right. So there you go. Joe, turn your brain off. You'll do much better at everything. <laughs> yeah, that's what, just that's go with your picks. Don't let anyone else influence you in anything. No. And you'll be better for it. Stand on your own two feet. Be your own man. Yes, but he's off vacationing again. So what? This is the... 75th week this, this year that yeah, you go on vacation, I My think. Oh, my God. I know. So many vacation days. Must be nice. Must be. I mean, I have unlimited vacation days, so... You have unlimited vacation days? Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, I guess, yeah, because you can just work wherever. Yeah. I, well, like, like, just, you know, we have it. We're expected to work a little bit, but we can just take vacation whenever we want. That's true. I guess that, that, that makes sense. It is pretty sweet. Um, but when, you know, we're not on vacation, we're playing video games. Because when we go on vacation, we don't play video games. We prepare to play a lot of <laughs> video games. And we don't games, do any. And we don't do any of that. We do vacation-y things. Yeah. Uh, but, John, what did you play this week? Uh, so I played a bunch of stuff because I didn't play anything last week. Good, so you got caught up. Um, yeah, That's well, a little. So uh, I played a mobile game because there's always new mobile games coming out. And I'm a big fan of the Attack on Titan series. Mm-hmm. And they had a, uh, a game called Attack on Titan Tactics that was coming out. So I like, pre-registered for that a while ago. Uh, and then it came out, and it's not a tactics game. It's a, a real, real-time tower defense game. Well, I mean, you have to have tactics in a real-time tower defense game, so I, I guess... Sure, you have to have tactics in a lot of things, like chess. <laughs> They're not going to call it chess tactics. I mean, you might. You <laughs> well, might you might call it chess tactics. Who knows? Um, so it's not great. Uh, tower defense games are like anxiety the game for me, because it's just like waves of things, and you have to fight it back, and that's not fun. Um, but I, I tried it just to try it, because like, I'm a big fan of the franchise yeah. and stuff. And then they also had like a collaboration going on with there's a um an art uh thing set up in tokyo because like the end of the manga is potentially happening soon like things are ramping up in the story that you can see it's going to be towards the end so they had like uh, all the titans are attacking or getting attacked yes yeah on themselves yeah yeah yeah. Uh uh-huh um after school so (laughs) yeah on their way home from school Yeah, yeah yeah 
No. Uh, so they had a collaboration with that, and like a specific piece of art was made for that art event, and you can get like that art as a character. Like it's a it's it's one of the characters, but you can get that specific piece of art as the character in the game. So I was like, sure, I'll I'll sign up for it just to get this. God forbid I somehow like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because then you just kick yourself that you didn't get it right. like when you could. Yeah, because it's an early adapter bonus for anything. Um, but I, I just don't. I don't like it. It doesn't it doesn't make much sense to me. Like Usually those tower defense games are like built on a grid system of some sort, and this one's just like throw your dudes in and hope they fight the titans before they reach the wall. And I don't know. I couldn't – I played like maybe six or seven rounds, and I was just like – I'm good. It's that kind of strategy that has kept this war against the Titans going on so long. Yeah, just throw your guys and maybe you'll stop, maybe you won't. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, if you don't, we just have more issues with the manga. If you do, then all right, we're done. <laughs> it seems like that's the, exactly uh, it. the that's idea. That's how the yeah, story yeah. goes. Yeah. Yep. Kind of. I no. mean, they're still fighting this war, man. Well, you should put an end to it. Maybe. Maybe you should have better tactics is what I'm saying. They should. That's what this game is for, for training Real all of – Real-time yeah. tactics. Yeah. It's like uh, – did you ever see the South Park episode where Kenny gets a PSP? No. And like the game that comes on the PSP is Heaven versus Hell, and it was created by Heaven to like recruit someone in the upcoming war against Hell. So maybe that's what this is. Maybe Titans are going to be real very soon. Well, and, I'm fucked. And you're just you're, – you're training. Nope, I, I, I failed my training, so oh. <laughs> that's the end of that. Well, no, you got to keep training. You don't just quit. How are you supposed to defeat all the Titans? Uh, I don't know. Like uh, In any of these situations where it's like Apocalypse or any of that kind of stuff, I'm just be like, yeah, I'll just kill myself. <laughs> like I'll be the first person out. I'm not going to live in this awful world. I'll just be done. Hmm. Good that, for you. That's the standing kind of person your, I am. Standing your ground yeah. on your own two feet. You yeah. wouldn't want to fight a Titan? Are you kidding? No, man. Really? Yeah. If a Titan became real, you wouldn't at least like try. No, because you don't you don't know this because you don't watch the series. But the only way to kill them is to cut their neck. And, and you how, just got those swords. How Done deal. Get, how am I gonna get all the way up there? <laughs> I don't know. Climb, jump from something. <laughs> I'd get eaten before that happened. A sit in a catapult and have someone launch you at it. They do do that at, at one point. See, there you go. Did yeah. it work at all? No. Ever? <laughs> no. <laughs> they got caught and eaten. <laughs> all right. Well, so then you already know what doesn't work. Why don't you then you come up with something that does? Yeah, I need uh, Spider-Man web slinging things on my side. There you go. Yeah. Start start inventing that and practicing your tactics in your mobile game. <laughs> I do have the swords, so. You know, what I'm it's, saying, it's man, you're all, you're already there. Don't sell yourself short. You can defeat a Titan if you really put your mind to it. Thanks, Adam. Along with all the other people practicing their tactics, these are all good things. I, I'm glad you believe in me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm here to pump you up. <laughs> You're going to defeat a Titan. Don't worry. You Thanks. can probably take on a Godzilla after that. Anybody you want. You a Godzilla? A singular Godzilla? Sure. Why not? It would be it would be tough to take down an army of Godzilla, but, you know, the one. Godzilla? Probably... Is... Yeah, I don't know. What's the plural of Godzilla? Well, there's only one, so. Aha, there is only one. I Godzilla. <laughs> was this a test for you? No, it was a test for you because I said a Godzilla, and you're like, a Godzilla? I'm like, yeah. Well, because you like implied that Godzilla is its name. Well, yeah, but what if there's other Godzilla-like people? What if there's Godzilla Jr.? There, there's there, there is. Yeah, see? There you go. That's two Godzillas already. Which doesn't make sense because Godzilla was a woman. But So are you telling me a woman can't be a junior? I think that's, yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't I don't know that that's actually true. I think junior means you're based after your father's name. I, I, I was just assumed it was the, I mean, it usually happens that way, but couldn't, uh, what if you named your daughter the same exact thing as your mother? Is it just the same name again? Yeah, you know? I think so. Hmm. Seems archaic and sexist. But it probably yeah, is. Welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just an American thing. It's everywhere. Welcome thing. to the West. Yeah. Yeah. There um, you go. So I played that, and then I played uh, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta is going on right now. Okay. 
Um, so, How is that? I didn't. I, I thought you had to pre-order it, so I didn't look into downloading it. And then you told me, you know, a couple hours ago. And yeah. I was like, hey, it's not. By the time that thing downloads and installs and like gets me logged in, it actually in, didn't take that long at all. Oh, okay. I like because uh, the two I started downloading it, and then I went to go uh, let Joe's dogs out, and they came back, and it was done. So it took. But you let them out? You did you put them back? No. Oh my no, god! No, they're just outside. Joe, I'm sorry. This is gonna be the have to have to be the way that you hear this because obviously John wouldn't tell you, and you listen to this as soon as it drops every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, Joe, that John let your dogs out and didn't put them back. Late, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, maybe they'll be there, you know, tomorrow. Maybe they'll, you they're know, they're small. Yeah, they could probably get back in. There's a doggy door somewhere. Yeah. Cool. Uh, or they'll just bark until somebody comes and gets them. Yeah. I mean, do you want to go now? We can pause and you can put them back. <laughs> you know, they'll be fine. We'll just we'll, we'll, we'll do the it, two hours we'll and then you go. can go. Yeah. Maybe get some dinner, you know. Then, then you can go. Well, I want some dessert too. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, sweet, sweet too. Uh, so I played that, and they, I played, I jumped into a, like a just regular match, and just got hosed. And then afterwards, it was just people telling everyone to stop being fucking terrible and to do all sorts of terrible things to each other and kill themselves. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ! Wait, there was like a mutiny in the game? No, like it was at the end. It was everyone yelling at everyone else for sucking. Oh. He was like, oh, you went fucking two and ten. He was like, this is my first game. And then, like, they started arguing and talking about sucking dicks and all sorts of terrible cool. things. Cool. I mean, yeah. that's the best part of Call of Duty. So I was just like, all right, muting all of that. Um, and then I hopped into uh, Ground Warfare, Ground something, whatever the 32-player on 32-player thing is. Oh, Call of Duty Battlefield Five. Yes. Okay. Uh, not as cool, though, because you can't destruct any, or destroy anything. Oh. Um, but it was super fun. And, like, it is like Battlefield where, like, you spawn in on people or you can spawn in on the locations. Um, and there's five different areas on the map that you have to, like, take over. And yeah. the matches were fairly long. Um, I, I did better in that because there's more people to kill. And also, it's not as, like, confined. So, like, you have time. I felt like when I played the original one, I was just, like, every time I turned a card corner, I was just getting mowed down. Oh, in the 2v2? No, I was playing just the regular one. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. what is it, six on six or something? Oh, really? Or whatever the regular. Maybe it's not six on six. Maybe it's eight on eight. The the like regular mode. Um, a regular team deathmatch, I assumed, was like twenty and twenty or sixteen and sixteen at the very least. I don't remember whatever the the size was, but I, I, any time I kept turn a corner, I just kept fucking getting mowed down. And that's what I didn't like about the games after Modern Warfare is that like. You had to be good at the guns that you had to get new guns, and then they in Black Ops they integrated like a currency system that like just you play a bunch you can just unlock new guns with currency, and so like if you have like some ten year old who just plays four hundred games in a row and like wins one just in proxy he'll get coins to buy the most powerful gun. Yeah. So I just was getting hosed constantly. Yeah, but then he sucks. The most powerful gun is only going to help so much. It's still going to suck. It I depends see. on the gun. I mean, like, dual Uzis, or not Uzis, I guess, in this game, they're not famous. Like, you can just spray and pray and kill anyone. Hmm. Um, but the bigger mode was more fun. I played, I think, two rounds of that, and they're decently long. There's tanks and stuff, too. You yeah, know. how did the vehicles go? Because this is the first Call of Duty with vehicles, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I, dr- I drove an ATV because it was the first thing I could get to. Um, everyone else hopped in like helicopters and tanks and stuff like that. Um, but it plays like battlefield. So like you can see the tanks, like you can see the vehicles on the, on the map. Uh, so like, you know where they are. And then there are, um, uh, abilities that like, are not abilities, but like there's character breakdowns. So like one of them is destruction. Uh, so like it's being only aimed at taking down vehicles and stuff like that. So you have like a rocket launcher. 
So I played that mostly because no one else did, and people always hopped in vehicles. So I was just, like, shooting down tanks left and right. Um, so that was super fun. I don't know if, like, I'm going to buy this game. I just don't care enough. Like, I'll probably play it more today and then just be done. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know. It was the same thing with the 2v2 mode, where it's, like, more of a social thing. Like, I'll, I'd play it with other people. Yeah, well, especially 2v2. That would definitely be something that you want to play with other people. Yeah, instead of just, like alone in my room yeah um but it looks fine it plays well uh there was some tweaks that already came out in the beta uh i guess when it first came out i didn't have a chance to play it uh they didn't put in the the mini map in the corner was this for all modes or just 2v2 or just the vehicle one or uh, all modes oh okay yeah so in like the older games they would have a, a mini map in the corner and it would show where your uh your teammates are and then if someone was shooting and it wasn't a um, silenced weapon, it would show up as like a red blip. Yeah. Um, but I guess they removed that for everything as a test to be like, oh, let's see if people can play this and it's more realistic or not. Um, and then the internet freaked out and some guy tweeted out a uh, thing, like a poll saying we should add this back in and it got like 75,000 votes that said like add it back in. And so the devs heard it and were like, sorry. So two days into the beta, they added in the, the minimap again. See, I'm always bad at looking at the minimap, so I kind of like that nobody would have access to it. Because it does make it more realistic. It like, does. Use the eyes in front of your face. And yeah. that Because that stops the thing that always hurts Call of Duty games for me is that everyone's just running around like a chicken with their head cut off. So mm-hmm. you're constantly just getting shot from behind. Yeah. From, you know, from every direction. No matter where you turn, like you turn, you clear the room, and then all of a sudden there's a guy behind you like, yeah. that just somehow got there. Because everyone's just running around. And so, like, if I think if you had to, like, clear... If you had to do more of like how Battlefield is, where you have to be more strategic with your movements, it's not as much run and gun yeah. to succeed. I would I would find that much more enjoyable in a Call of Duty game than I do the way it's just like oh just run around and hope you don't get shot in the back. Yeah, well they have a hardcore mode that takes that all off, and it's like yeah, but it's also a one shot kill. I want some. It's it's real damage. Yeah. yeah. So you don't you don't heal or anything like that. So even if you do get shot twice and it doesn't kill you, you're you're still hurting as you go on. Yeah, see, like, I'm not good enough to, to get that. Like, I want some elements of that in the regular one, where you can take more yeah. damage and respawn a little bit. Well, I guess nobody else wanted it, because they freaked out, and no. and the devs caved. Because um, they're all babies who don't know how to play video games correctly. Grow up, babies. Uh, like, I had a similar thing, though. Like, when you spawn in on people, you can spawn in on people that aren't in combat. Um, but, like... Even if someone's, like, just not actively being shot at or not shooting their gun, they could be standing right next to a dude, and you can spawn in on them. And there was, like, an instance where, like, there was a dude that was just sitting there with a sniper rifle at the end of the hallway, and it was just, like, waiting for people to spawn in on some guy who was AFK, and it was just, like, waving down hoses of, uh, hosing down waves of enemies, just clearing out the hallway, and it just kept spawning me the whole time. I was like, all right, I'm dead again. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm dead again. And I was like, okay, I'm spawning as far away from this dude as I can. Yeah. Um, so that's, but it's a beta, like that's kind of stuff can be cleared yeah. and fixed. Uh, if people whine enough on the internet, mm-hmm. that's how anything gets fixed. Yeah. That's what I've learned. And then Friday was, uh, Link's Awakening. Came yes, out. it was. So I bought that on my way home from work and I've played it pretty substantially. So I'm about like a third of the way done with it. Nice. Um, I think I beat the first four dungeons. Okay. 
Um, and it's great. Uh, it took me a while to get used to like there's like a blur around the edge of the yeah, screen. It's really awful because like I got it too yeah. because you got me a copy when you got yours. Yeah. Um, so you knew that, but they didn't. <laughs> uh, so like I didn't I didn't really get to play until this afternoon. Uh, where I played it for, I don't know, what, a football game's worth of hours? <laughs> yeah, football and a half or so. Um, and, yeah, it is a little weird to see, like, that haziness around it, which, I mean, I didn't really play the Game Boy one. I'm sure It's I, not like that at all, though. Okay. I was like, I'm sure I plugged it in at some point. But I can imagine the limitations of the field of vision on a Game Boy one would lead you to have blurry edges or whatever. But, like, you don't need that here. Yeah. Unless you're trying to keep the field of view the same now that it's in a different aspect ratio. And that's how they chose to go about it. But it is weird that it, they do that. I think it's just like a graphical decision where it's trying to make it like painterly almost. Um, but I, like it took me a while and I looked in the, the menus. I was like, is there a way to turn this off? Because like it's really off-putting. And then I got used to it. Yeah. It, it just took a little bit. But it was super frustrating at first where I was just like, everything's blurry like where I'm trying to look. Yeah, and like I only really notice it when I'm going into a new area and I'm immediately starting to look for what pathways I yeah, have. Yeah. But when you're focused on what your character is doing, you don't see it, obviously. Yeah. But it's that each new room, you're reminded that like, oh yeah, it's a little blurry. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But I love the, I mean, the original game is one of my favorite games on the Game Boy. Um, so this one is a very clear, uh, like well done transition. It adds some small things. I didn't get to... I saw the dude that gives you the, like, you can make your map. Uh, oh, like the dungeon creator Yeah, your thing? dungeon guy. Um, he's actually in the, the Game Boy printer room. Oh, cool. Um, so that's how they substantiate that, I guess. Um, but I didn't, he was like, come back, I'm not ready. I was like, oh, I don't know what that's for. I, I ended up looking it up and realized that that's why he was there. Um but they also added, like, the compass now is much louder in the dungeons if there's yeah. a, a key in the room. Yeah. Or, like, in the, in the general area, which is nice. Um, and then, obviously, it's one giant world where you don't have to, like, scroll through screens, whereas the other games are, had the limitations of memory, so you had yeah. to go screen to screen. Yep. Um, but it's, it's great. Uh, I, the cartooniness is not my thing. I don't mind it. I uh, I like the aesthetic a little, and it makes me want the amiibo more. Like I didn't want the amiibo, but yeah. then as soon as I played it, I'm like, oh, this, like the amiibo looks just like it does right out of this game, and that kind of makes me want it more. Um, yeah. So I'm not bothered. Like I like that it's 3D. I like that it's not just a more style, like a better cartoon version of the Game Boy game. Like mm -hmm. I like that they changed it up a little bit that way. Yeah. Um, just because it's just a different look, like it's just a different look for a Zelda game that I'm not used to, so yeah. that's that's kind of cool, uh, changing up the old formula a little bit. Well, and we have four face buttons now too, which is nice mm -hmm. because before, I mean, you didn't play the original, no, or, but or didn't I, didn't play it very much. I know how many buttons are on a Game Boy. So. Um, well, and you you would have to swap between anything, so yeah. all of your even the sword would have to be swapped. So at times, like you could accidentally have a bomb and a shield out for some reason. Yeah. So the shield is now the the right trigger, which is nice because you can block at any yeah. time. The uh, you haven't gotten the sprint yet, but the sprint is to the to left trigger, whereas before again it was an item, so you had to like hold down A to sprint. Yeah. Um, and you know jumping and all that stuff. So it's nice to have face buttons, so you don't have to spend like in the original game you spent a lot of time in your inventory swapping between stuff. Yeah. Like you'd see like a bombed out door and be like, gotta pull out the bombs now. Yeah. And there's not like an easy way to just pull up multiple menus or there's no like hotkeys for it because obviously you have your D pad and your two buttons and yeah. you're starting to select. That's it. So adding in those modern touches of 
mapping the shoulders. You, I mean, you've got four. You got shoulders. You got triggers. You got face buttons. All that can be used mm-hmm. for making the game more playable. Yeah, which is nice. And you can also now add um, little icons to the map. So when you pull up the map, you can add like if you see a uh, you know door that can be bombed out and you haven't gotten bombs yet. If yeah. you open up the map, you can add um, any of the four like uh, card suits. Yep. So clubs. Diamonds, spades, and hearts. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same mechanic that they had in uh, in Breath of the Wild. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's the same mechanic for for marking waypoints, which like I'm not. I I haven't thought to be doing. Mm -hmm. And now like I'm as I'm going through like the trade quests. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, where is that person that wanted this thing that I have now? Where is the person that wanted the canned food? Was it was it that crocodile guy? I don't (laughs) I don't remember. I should have marked a thing. It gets more streamlined. The, the trade quest does later on where, like, you absolutely need that stuff to go on. So, like, once you're through the first four or so, you don't really have to worry about who you're giving stuff to. You'll yeah. just come across the dude to be like, oh, hey, I want that. It'd be like, oh, okay, here you go. Well, yeah, see, for me, I was wandering around a lot instead of going through and doing things. Mm-hmm. So, I like, I was talking to these people that are like, oh, man, I really wish I had a bow for my hair. Yeah. Oh, man, I really wish I had this can of food. Oh, why don't I have... This other thing, and I'm like, okay, I'll get you that thing somehow. I don't know how because yeah. I haven't found the first thing yet, but I'll, I'll I'll get I'll get it for you at some point probably. Have you played much of the crane game? Uh, no, I got the Yoshi just to get started on that. Yeah, that was really the only thing I got from the crane game. It took me I don't know like forty rupees or whatever, so like four, four times, four four or five tries, something like that. Once you get used to it, you can do it one or two. Yeah, well, and then the problem was is that like when you drop the Yoshi, it is now not in the same position, so that makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. Uh, and so just kind of getting it readjusted to get it back upright to then get the proper scoop mechanic mm-hmm. is good. Um, thankfully, it's not like a real crane game where there's a million other stuffed animals or different colored Yoshis laying <laughs> right. around it, uh, though I think that would be more fun. Well, you. like Japanese crane games are different. Like they're meant to be one, um, but they're also like meant to be played continuously. So like um, you can have... Uh, like in most arcades you can have the people working there go and reset it so like had you had a yoshi that like you picked up and it dropped and it's upside down and now it's unobtainable you can just like call over an employee and be like hey can you reset this up for me and they'll put it in like the position it was in before because like these things are meant to be one they're not meant to eat your money weird yeah, so I don't like know what that's like everything. Everything in America is designed to eat my money. I know it's great. <laughs> like I've I've won stuff out of arcade machines before. Like it was the proudest moment ever. Even though I wouldn't have probably paid five bucks for the thing I got, I was just like, I I don't care. It's like a sense I want accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, one of my friends is really good at, at crane games, like here in America, where mm-hmm. they're supposed to be harder and make and eat your money. Yeah. But like he's really good about like seeing okay what. In what way do I have to use the crane weight to knock the thing that right. I want to get yeah. into the position to where it's craneable? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's, he's gotten a lot of good stuff over the years from that. I'm, I'm constantly surprised by it because it's not like you can practice that. I mean, you can. You just waste a lot of money. Yeah, but like he, it's not like he's going to these places and practicing. It's just like we'll be walking through a store and he'll be like, oh, they have a crane thing. Can I do that real quick? And we're like, okay. And he'll walk out with a fucking like Pikachu or some stuffed animal or some yeah. shit. It's like, uh, I don't know how you did it, but like. That was impressive to watch because I don't ever see anybody winning a crane game. Do you do you remember the a restaurant Bickford's in Vernon? Uh, yeah, I don't know if that specific one, but I remember the chain. Yes, they had a crane game there, and we would go when I was a kid, like every weekend for breakfast uh, after church. And a guy came in with a garbage bag once, and like was like the crane game wizard, 
and legit won everything except for like three things out of the whole machine and just walked away with like a garbage bag full of stuffed animals. How long was he there for? I mean, obviously, if you saw him walk in and walk out, it was within an hour, which is how long a sit down meal. Well, no, takes. we were, like we sat down, and we were waiting for oh, a table. Okay. So like, I just watched him win like a million things, and as a like six to ten year old, I don't remember how old it was. As a, as a child, they're just like, give me one of those. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want that. And, and then, then as he walked away, I was just like, you know, I, I don't even know if it said something, but I obviously was looking longingly. He gave me a little, like, a purple gorilla. I got, I got a purple gorilla. Um, but, yeah, I mean, people who do that are incredibly talented and know the system better than What I. would he even be doing with them? Like, what do you – I hope that it's like he goes to a children's hospital, like donates all the crane game stuffed animals or whatever, but, like, what do you do with that? I don't – I mean – Either that or he tries to, like, resell them at carnivals or something. Oh, maybe. That's where all the carnival prizes come from. Yeah, it's, it's just this weird cyclical thing where, <laughs> like, they get put in the crane machines. Then you have to win them back so you can sell them at the carnivals for twice the amount of money. I was at a, I was at a fair the other day, and they had crane games. And I was like, okay, that seems kind of weird. Like, the other games are already rigged. Now you're going to put these automated ones right, in here? You're putting carnies out of work. Yeah. And I don't appreciate that. I mean, they need, they need jobs, too. I mean, even though they live in the games, probably sure yeah travel around tour, yeah living in the games that's what the simpsons episode taught me yeah. you live in your game that's true and you go from from town to town <laughs> but yeah the the they're meant to be one so like this one is slightly easier also mm. it's a video game so of course it's gonna be a little easier but yeah. there are moving platforms in the back and those get really hard yeah i think what all that was there was like rupees and i think maybe like not a full heart container but like a piece of one i forget what was there when it, ro- it rotates like, yeah there's a ton of stuff there's a bunch of statues which i honestly don't remember in the original game um there's like little platforms in people's houses and you go up to it and yeah it's it like this is a stand wants. for like a chain chomp yeah piranha plants and yeah i saw all those so i don't remember if those were there in the original game i don't think they were um but they're all in the crane game as well i don't know if i have that i feel like i have that game by now i have one somewhere yeah. I have the, the DX version, the, the Game Boy Color version. Yeah, that's probably what I have. I don't know where my big bag of Game Boy games is. I think it's somewhere in here, but I'm not really going to look for it right now. I have this nice new one that I'm playing. And I'm quite enjoying nice because, new like... Game Boy or... What? <laughs> nice new Game Boy? Uh, no, the SP is kind of old. Not very new, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, no, but I'm enjoying this game a lot. I like that it's more of a throwback to a simpler time Zelda. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, like, Breath of the Wild is good, and I really love Breath of the Wild, but, like, it's, it's very, very involved. And yeah. When you have to travel from place to place, you have to go a lot farther, mm-hmm. which makes sense because it's a big, open-world, expansive, you know, 100-plus-hour game. I like that this is a smaller one. It gives me – it's – like, it reminds me a lot of Cadence of Hyrule, which it should because it's a top-down yeah, top Zelda, Zelda game. and that one was clearly influenced by these and, like, A Link to the Past and original Zeldas. Right. Um, and the, at the time when I played that game, I mar- remarked that I just want to play this like a Zelda game. I don't really care about the music part of it. That's why I beat all the enemies first, and then I can walk around as I see fit. Right. Now I get to do that, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Top-down Zeldas are my favorite. I couldn't ever get into the 3D ones. I like the 3D Zeldas. I mean, they have their time and place, but, like, I was looking to kill a few hours this afternoon, and I much rather would have done more progress that I got done playing a top-down Zelda than I right. would have walking around one neighborhood in a 3D Zelda. Yeah. So it's just a matter of what I'm in the mood for, I think. It's selling really well. It's the fastest-selling Nintendo Switch game of 2019. I was going to say, I hope not of all times. There's no way it sold 
less or faster than Breath of the Wild or anything. Uh, Smash though. probably sold faster than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's the best one this year, so it beat out um, Mario Maker 2. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I bought Mario Maker 2, and I haven't even really played it all that much. But did you buy it on launch day? I thought you bought it a little later than that. No, I bought it on launch day. Oh. Yeah, this is the first, I guess, Nintendo game that I've bought in a very, very long time. Like, I don't tend to like first-party games from Nintendo. It's just not my thing. But, like, Zelda's really the only thing I like from them. Well, and the top-down ones. Like yeah. That and, I guess, Pokemon. But I haven't bought a Pokemon day one in a very long time. Well, you're gonna real soon. Yeah, November. Like, yeah, you got two months. Two months away. Yep. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, too. I yeah, like you got it. a little stuck in the beginning. I did get a little stuck in the beginning just because I didn't... I, I ran into so many boulders that I couldn't do anything with that when I ran into boulders that I could, I didn't think that I could. <laughs> right. And I think like, I just walked up to one, tried to push it, and it didn't move. And so I was like, oh, all right, there you go. Nothing I could do. Uh, and then I just wandered around the map a whole bunch, like basically farming rupees, which is, you know, it's fine. It'll be beneficial the more shops I come across and yeah. things. So it'll be good to have hundreds and hundreds of rupees and... You know, I was finding heart containers, and I was doing a lot of just, like, stuff that I would end up doing at some point anyway, just doing it all at the beginning because I didn't realize. Like, I knew exactly what I had to do. I knew I had to find these items, but I couldn't get to them because I, all these paths were blocked with rocks. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I got to go find bombs. Like, somebody in on this island of things that I can get to without having to move rocks it is it, going to be bombs. Right. Like I'm going to walk into a house and be like, here, take a couple of bombs. I'm like, oh, awesome. You know, cause I came Thanks across arrows. Stranger. Yeah. But I like, I came across arrows and don't have a bow. So I thought like, Oh, I'll come across bombs or I'll come across a stick that I can use to light. Like one of the things that I had to do, like I had to find the mushroom to be able to make the potion, to be able to scare the raccoon. Yeah. And so like I found the guy who's going to make the potion. He just needed the mushroom, but I, I saw he also only had one lamp that was out. So I was like, oh, I got to find a stick. I'll use the stick to light the one lamp to then light the other. I'll light the stick with the one lamp to light the other lamp. And he'll be like, oh, my God, it was so dark in here. Now I can see. Here's a free potion on the house. And then that would help me progress or whatever. And really, I just had to push a fucking rock. Yeah. <laughs> so once I figured that out, I was like, oh, okay. And then I've just been breezing through ever since. Now I can lift pots. I can lift rocks. I can lift all kinds of stuff. The game is, the game is my oyster at this point. My chair is squeaking like crazy. It is. The, uh, the potion is what lights the I realize or that the, the powder or whatever. I realize that now yeah. that I have it. Yeah. But before I had it, all my brain was d- telling me was all these other Zelda-like mechanics right. that you will probably help me here. Convoluted trade quest to get the thing that you need. And yeah. it was like smacked out. It was like very close to the beginning of the game too. Oh, yeah. It was super close to the beginning. Yeah. I didn't really do much. Like I got my sword. I got my shield. I did all that stuff. Oh, it took me a while to get the sword at first because I came across the spiky balls didn't realize I could shield oh, up yeah, and push, push those. Him. I was like, yeah. oh, I guess this is the artificial blocking me in thing. Yeah. No. No, I was just an idiot. Well, and, and like, you fine. haven't played the original before, so, like... No. A lot of the stuff was things that, like, I had remembered and yeah. knew already. Like, right now I'm about to the point where, like, I don't remember... Like, I've beaten the game before, but I don't remember exactly what's coming up. Um, so, like, it's kind of nice to, like, relive this stuff again, where, like, I always... I've, pl- I've replayed the beginning of this game probably like a million times. Yeah. So I'm now to the point where like I usually give up or find something else to play. Um, so like now I've remembered all that stuff before and now it's new again, I guess. Although I'm sure at, at some point I'll be like, oh, I remember this boss. Yeah. Like, I, n- I remember what to do now. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so I've been, I've been powering through now. I just finished the second uh, dungeon. So nice. I have both the, uh, the harp 
or the lute and yeah, the, the guitar and the trumpet, probably. I think it's some kind of trumpet, I believe. I don't remember what the second one was. Yeah. Some kind of horn, if I recall. But, I don't know. It just happened and I've already forgot it. <laughs> but, no, I'm going to keep playing it. I'm really enjoying it. That's good. Um, and that was really all I played this week. I did jump into something we'll talk about a little later, but played it for, I don't know, what? Five minutes and then was done with it. Yeah. Um, so we'll jump right into the lightning round. Not lightning round for this week. Uh, and we'll start things off with a what was being called a leaked video, even though it was officially, officially. put out by the people who worked there. I think the leak part of it is they definitely weren't supposed to do that. No. Uh, and what this was was uh, GameStop employees in Oklahoma uh, released a video on their Facebook, like on their store's Facebook page. Which I don't think like the individual store Facebook pages aren't mandates by corporate. They're not run by anybody at corporate. They're just like suggestions for employees or store managers to make to get people engaged in the store. Or uh, run midnight events. Right. Yeah. Run midnight. Yeah. Just basically, just basic you know engagement of the community of yeah. people that would shop at that particular GameStop. Uh, and what was special about this particular GameStop is they are a pilot store for these new redesigns that we've been talking about the last what month or so. Yeah of what GameStop is trying to do to get away from being just small retail shop to local gaming hangout space. Um, and what the video was, just they walked right through. There was a big couch in the front with a big screen TV. The games were confined to much smaller shelving spaces. Yeah. It had much more of a boutique vibe to it in terms of the way that the shelves were laid out. Uh, there, there were collectibles there, but even those were on smaller, like square racks. Except it, for the pops. Uh, yeah, except for the pops, which were on obviously a bigger thing because that's just there's just more of those than anything yeah. else. But it definitely looked like less collectibles than I think we're used to seeing at any of the GameStops in our area. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the back was very much like what you would see at your local comic book shop or used video game store or any if you have any places in your town or state or nearby, you know, community area that hosts gaming tournaments, uh, magic tournaments, Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. Like it looked just like that. Right. A bunch of folding tables that had, you know, CRT TVs, CRT TVs. Uh, with all kinds of, you know, retro consoles hooked up, original Xboxes some PlayStations, N64. some Dreamcast and 64s, uh, and then drawers in the back that just looked like they were going to house these, these games for you to try or buy. I don't really know. Like they didn't go into details about what all this was, uh, but I, it seemed cooler than I think I would have thought. Yeah. When they had like announced that the, or when it was leaked that this was the plan. Um, but I just know that if I had to work there, I would hate it unbelievably. So, but what did you think of the leaked video, John? Well, I, re I went back and rewatched it. Um, just like out of curiosity. Cause I had seen it on like a phone. Yeah, we were just watching on, on my phone right. in the car outside of a outside, <laughs> outside of, of a GameStop. GameStop. Yeah. Um, but like one thing that struck me was that all of the game sections have drawers underneath them. So that's where the games are going to be stored because the cashiers were just those small uh, like cashier desks on the in, like the very center of the store. Yeah, it looked like an Apple store where yeah. it's not like actual registers. It's just like you check out on an iPad that has like a square reader. It kind of looked like. Yeah. But they also had computers to be able to either buy games or to be able to, like, order stuff if they didn't have it. Well, I still think those are the registers. But, um, like, so, like, they had the small section that had the video games. Then underneath it, it had four drawers, like, you would have your gutted games in. So, it's weird that, like, 
for somebody to come up to the register and be like, hey, I want that game. And you're like, okay, let me go back out to to this section that you got it from and move customers out of the way so I can pull this drawer out to get this used gutted game for you. Yeah, and then, like, we all know how diligent retail employees can be at any any location. Like, how many people are going to be like – Hey, let me get this game, man. And then you walk over and be like, Oh, actually, question, is that like a multiplayer? And when they turn to answer your question, their buddy just like pulls five yeah. five discs out of the drawer and runs off. That's the so. only thing I was thinking. I was just like, how how are they gonna monitor and GameStop is notorious for having one person on for the whole day. Yeah. So that's the thing that's really gonna put the wrench in this whole idea is that like if this is supposed to be a place where people hang out and come in, how do you staff that? Because, like you said, most of the time, that's not, you know, the holidays or the fall release rush or the spring release rush. Right. You have one person working in the store in the afternoon. You have one to two people closing a store at night. Are these one to two people going to have to keep an eye on the ten people that want to hang out there and play video games that night? And also tell them to leave. Like, ten people can easily overpower one person. Like, be like, hey, it's closing time. People are just going to be like, nah, man, we're going to stay and play Magic. I mean, I I feel like people have enough of a respect to, like, leave when the store is closing. But if you're entitled, like, if you're encouraged to hang out, this isn't like the local place where, yeah, hey, we close at 9. But you know what? We know you guys. You're here every week. Finish up your Yu-Gi-Oh! game. Like, that's fine. We're a locally owned store. Go ahead. Like, we're cool with that. We're all friends here. That's not the case at a GameStop. Like, the GameStop's not going to want to pay you until... 11 o'clock because you were nice and let them stay an extra hour to finish their game like corporate's not going to be okay with that in any stretch so i i don't know i feel like that's going to be a huge hurdle for this kind of thing is and the sales numbers won't bear it out just because you have more people hanging out in your store on a given day doesn't mean they're all buying games yeah if trying these games and playing on these crts is free it isn't like a you know oh you gotta spend five bucks for an hour five bucks for a half hour to like play these games Mm -hmm. then I don't know how you decide that. Well, I used to work at a like a tiny uh, comic shop that also ran like Friday Night Magic and that kind of stuff, yeah. where like it, people were encouraged to hang out, and obviously getting people to leave was a hassle to begin with. Yeah. But we made more money on like they had a food section there. Um, we made more money on like snacks and like cards than we did on anything else. Yeah. Because people would just be like, "Oh, if I'm gonna hang out for another, you know, hour until my mom picks me up, I'll buy my, your three dollar M and M's." Yeah cost you know 15 cents to bring in it's not going to bring in tons of money but if you're hanging out there like that's probably where it's going to be at yeah and so i think if they but in in that video i don't remember seeing like a large snack section there was it was they might have had a little cooler that had like some red bulls and some monsters and stuff no they had like a whole shelf like that was like to the left of the store when you walked in the back there was a whole like shelf of snacks and stuff okay Um, so i guess yeah if you're selling a ton of snacks you know a lot of people are hanging out yeah i guess i don't know it's it's apparently open now. Cause the yeah. guy said it was open tomorrow, and that video went up on like Wednesday or something like Tuesday, that. Tuesday, Tuesday. I think we watched it, yeah. Um. So I mean, it looks nice. Uh, one thing I also noticed was the the pop section looked really good. Um, the way it was displayed, they had uh, risers big enough so that the only thing that's sticking out was the top part of the the pop that has the name and the character yeah. on it. So like. You don't need to see the window or anything like that. You can just look at the like riser of uh, pop figures to see like if you need that one instead of pulling out you know hundreds of them to see what's in the back and stuff. Yeah, very few stores get pop displays right. Yeah, uh, Newberry in the mall, Newberry Comics uh, does 
But well, I think yeah, they're like meticulous about. Yeah. It's got to be all the same theme. Like the the guy who used to set it up was a collector too, so he knew like, okay, all the Marvels got to be together, all the DCs got to be together, all yeah. the Titans, all the Dragon Balls, like they all have to be together because that's how people shop for this stuff. They don't want to sit there pulling each. And GameStop is just like this. You have to like pull each yeah. one off the and shelf FYE, to see what's yeah. back there, to see if like maybe they have the one that you want. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they, they don't even look for them in the computer correctly because they're just under, like, Pop Marvel. And you're like, what is that? I don't know what, I don't know what that is. Every time is. I've gone to GameStop, when they had a Pop that they said they had in stock on the website, the guy you was just like, oh, I don't know where it is. Yeah. And I was like, could be in the back. Could be on hold. Could yeah. be on the shelf. I'm just like, all right, never mind. <laughs> yeah. It's, a <laughs> it's not even worth it. So, I mean, if, if things are – it did look like things will be easier to find in the store. Yeah. Uh, it definitely looked like they were prioritizing – the hangout more than they were the buying because like there wasn't a lot of shelf space to put a million used games there wasn't a ton of shelf space to put a bunch of used accessories it looked like it was mostly just new games and i'm wondering if the other part of that is going to be like you're going to have to come up and ask if you want a game especially used i think it might be the other way around it might be i think the only thing that's up there is used games yeah and that like i mean if you know you're buying a game the the day it comes out, like, why grab the box off the shelf? Yeah, and those will probably still be stacked somewhere, you yeah. know, behind some counter if it exists at all. I don't and know. The counter was really minimal, but I'm, my guess is, like, maybe they have to go to the back. But again, they would have to employ more people to do that because yeah. you can't just leave the store every time you get something. No. It will. It, it does look like it will be something that's really great for midnight launches, you know, gaming tournaments on the mm-hmm. weekends. Like, the kind of stuff that you would want to go hang out at a GameStop for like a structured activity because i wouldn't want to hang out there for just like hey let's play uh, they have an old xbox let's go play you know fusion frenzy or whatever <laughs> no no one says that no i know <laughs> no that's one what I'm has ever said I, that. i'm saying i would never say that um as part of the no one would ever say that <laughs> mantra uh but i wouldn't want to do that but I, like if i saw a sign that was like hey mario kart tournament winner gets a gift card or winner gets a you know, a free $5 to throw on a reserve of the game or whatever that's coming yeah. out in six months. Yeah. Fine. Like, I'd much rather go to a, like, a sanctioned pre-planned activity event, mm-hmm. and those spaces look like they're set up super well for that, as opposed to GameStops now, where it's like, hey, we're doing a tournament, and everyone's kind of be shoved in the corner while everyone else is in line, and some people are still shopping, and uh, I don't know, everyone just kind of, like, huddle next to each other and we're going to do this right you got to play on the kiosk that like is set up for demo systems that we can put a disc in yeah and like you're squeezed next to the person because the controllers are attached and stuff so it's just like it's not it's not ideal for those kinds of things but this uh this was so uh, yeah i mean i guess we'll see if it works out i don't know if like midnights and that kind of stuff are a big thing anymore like i mean they were when you and i were working there um and like i've had some good moments at midnights but like People preload their shit now. Like, yeah. Well, and even now, they're not midnights. They like, at least they're around here, they're like, they let you go at nine o'clock. Yeah. But they could be more of a thing if the store is more conducive to hanging out. Yeah. To where it's like, okay, get out of work at six, come by, hang out at the GameStop for three hours. You get your game at nine, but we're going to have a tournament. We're going to have all kinds of stuff running. Mm-hmm. We're going to have, you know, we have all these TVs. We're going to have, you know, oh, we've got Gears 5 coming out at nine o'clock. We're going to have a Gears 4 tournament over there, and we're going to have Gears 3 set up over there, and Gears 1 Horde mode is going to be on that TV over there, and everyone can just keep cycling out and have fun, and all of the Gears are playing and, and all these things. So I feel like that's going to be where what could revitalize even the i got to be at GameStop for day one launches because those are the most fun things. 
Yeah. Because I feel like stores don't really do that anymore. No. They're, they're not set up for it. No, it's a retail store. Yeah. Well, because even when we were doing it, like, we had to bring our own TVs from home. We had to bring our yeah. own, like, stuff from home. We had to open up all the, like, product controllers and things like that. But, like, we had to bring the extension cords. We had to bring the TVs. Yeah. We had yeah. to bring all the stuff. We had to bring the tables, all these things that you need to set it up. If those are already there, I feel like more stores would be willing to do tournaments and midnight launch style things because they don't have to have their employees bring in their 65-inch TV <laughs> from home and be at the mercy of the the people to like play with it and no. not bump the table yeah. and knock their television over because right. GameStop's not going to pay for that. So, I mean, if that's the case, it might revitalize that part of the business too, which I think is a thing a lot of people probably miss. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that like, in the fact that they're trying to make more money, they're doing a thing that's probably not going to make them money. Yeah. So we'll see how this does. I mean, being positive, it does look nice. Yeah. It, it looks, looks way better very than I clean, yeah. um, And it looks very organized. Uh, but who knows if that's going to benefit anyone. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know what kind of testing this Oklahoma store has done before, but do they have a vibrant gaming community? Like, is this a worthwhile place to start this pilot program? Or is someplace like a you know New York or Boston or like someplace that is more of a happening area? No offense to this town in Oklahoma, but I mean we we don't know where it is. Like it could be suburb. I honestly think that's probably the best place to do it. Not a city because if you do a city, people are gonna be like lined up and like true. You, you know it's gonna be more packed. Than, yeah. like, they might as well do it in a suburb where like maybe they do have a small like regulars and like those small regulars will tell their friends to come. Yeah. And then, like you have forty people instead of. 400 where like mm -hmm. new york would have that yeah true so yeah i mean i guess we'll see if this does well i'm sure we'll hear about it if it's if it does well but it seems to seems to be a cool a cool change we'll see if it sticks yeah uh what does not seem like a cool change lightning round uh is the reported leaked information about what the uh entertainment software of america with the esa the people who put on e3 i don't remember what their thing stands for uh, but they put on E3, uh, and they want to put it on a little differently next year uh, by do by. Uh, let's see, what was the verb they used? It was like cutainment. I think was one of the things that I saw. Were like cutainment. Yeah, so like when you're waiting in line in a queue, right? Um, that there's like things and stuff going on, and that you're lining up specifically to be entertained. I think is how they they mentioned it. I don't see the word here. Uh, it was in some of the articles, but I don't see it. That sounds dumb. It, that, it sounds super dumb. Um, but basically, the idea was... Let me see. I got a bunch of things all up at the same time. Uh, basically, the idea was is to give about 10,000 more badges out, bringing the total to about 25,000 people being let in. Jeez. Which is not that much when you think about it, because uh, I think if you look at like Gamescom in Germany, they let in like 300,000 people over the course of Gamescom. So like it's still a relatively small attended event. But obviously, it's still like one of the biggest ones in terms of news and everything. Right. Um, but they want to have – so they want to let more people come. Fine. Uh, but they also want to make it more of like an – I think it was influencer was one of the things that I saw. Yeah. I don't remember what the article that I had up was – I had it here. We were looking at it earlier. They had all the different things. I don't remember. But yeah, so they want to have – like one of the ideas was that – you know, it's held in Los Angeles. You get a bunch of the Lakers to come out and play like a basketball video game. You get a bunch of celebrities and actors to compete in like a Fortnite or gaming tournament or something of the like where, um, oh yeah, here it is, Qtainment, I found it. Uh, so you get people like that to have these kind of like 
specialty exhibits that people really, really desperately like want to be a part of. Um, I think they even said they wanted to create, um, oh yeah, they wanted to have exclusive appointment only activations uh, for select attendees who, which will create buzz and FOMO. John, your new favorite acronym is what? FOMO? Fuck that. <laughs> no, it's called fear of missing out. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, I mean, it is a real, it is a real phenomenon. Like, I have, a, you know, I know people who have FOMO where like if they see somebody's having fun somewhere, they're like, damn, I wanted to have fun somewhere. I'm having fun here, but that looks like fun too. Like a grass is greener kind of effect. Sure. Uh, that's what they talk about. So um, this is what E3 wants to do. They know that they don't have the same allure they once did. They don't have the same kind of luster. Sony didn't even go this year. I assume they're going to go next year just because they're going to have a new console coming out in the fall, most likely. Yeah. Uh, but... That's what they. Uh, that's what they want to do. What? How does this make you feel about E three twenty twenty, John? This sucks. Everything about this is stupid. Although, in thinking about it now, uh, we talk about how E three doesn't need to exist anymore, and now they're trying to make it so that it does need to exist. I guess, but by inviting fucking Instagram stars and streamers and shit like that, like that just makes me mad. Like this is Firefest, the video game. Thing now like i don't care about influencers or any of that kind of stuff e3 is about news and like game stuff yeah but i mean you guys are also you and joe are also the ones that sit here and say like you don't need it because it's all about everyone watches youtube now everyone watches game streamers everyone watches youtube channels about video games so if you bring those people to the show you're getting the information you're getting the information in front of the hands of the people that you do watch so I get like I know the term influencer. You'd think of like Instagram models who don't know anything about video games somehow going and doing these things, which is, I mean, to be fair, it's entirely possible that could be the people they get yeah. just to be like, oh my god, look, it's uh, Miranda Kerr and she's playing Fortnite. She doesn't know what she's doing, but she's playing it, and that 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 influences you, right? It probably won't be that. It'll probably be more like the, look, here's Ninja. Look, here's any other game streamer youtube channel anything let's get those guys in here let's get them to talk things up everyone gets their news from those places let's fill the place with ten thousand more of those people but already like that's annoying enough when they have like some sort of streamer on to present the next game so, oh yeah like... but this this wouldn't be necessarily them presenting per se but it would be like you get them in there you like allow them to come you give them these like unique experiences where like they can go play nba against Anthony Davis. Like, that's going to be cool. They're going to put that on their channel. You're going to see that. You're going to want to play NBA because your favorite uh, streamer was playing NBA with Anthony Davis, the cover athlete. Mm. So, like, I guess it's not necessarily going to work for every person. I also don't think it's not that great of an idea, but I mean, they got to do something if people don't think that they're worthwhile. I mean, E3 has its place, but its place is like fine enough where it is. Like, it's most about premieres and like not a lot of people go so now making it more exclusive to famous people is even like hindering what it's trying to do like remember back when they were like saying we're not going to do booth babes anymore because we wanted mm -hmm. it to be all be about the games and about the experience of the games way to be more inclusive to like female gamers and things and people well not just that attend. but like mascots and stuff they like they limited a lot of that kind of stuff yeah. not just strictly booth babes but like they were trying to make it more about the gaming and now they're going back on that and being like, no, we're going to invite celebrities to be here and make it a, a spectacle as opposed to the, you know, uh, news thing that it used to be. And that we're hoping that 
it remains. I, I don't know. I don't like any of this. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the, the words that they're using to describe the plan make it sound like a lot more cringy than the idea that they're trying to spread, which is just like, we want E3 to be a can't-miss thing. We want everyone tuning in to see E3 things, to come to want to come to E3, to want their favorite platforms to come to E3, to want like the gaming companies to come to E3. But then they're throwing out things like influencers, celebrities, uh, athletes. Uh, Qtainment was a marketing thing to be able to market to people as they wait in line. So like you can earn points and there'd be an app that you could download and stuff like that. So when I see those things, it sounds so much worse than the idea of like, let's just, let's just get people talking. Yeah. Which I guess is what this does, but I mean, I'd have I've, to see it in action to really know if it's good or not. I've gone to conventions where, like, I'm waiting in line to meet a person or to do something, and someone else will come up and try and advertise their shit while I'm waiting in line, and that is frustrating. Yeah. I don't... I'm now held prisoner to you because I'm not going to lose my place in line. And now you're going to try and tell me to play your mobile game, like, and shove cards in my hand and stuff. Like, just, I just want to, I just want to do this thing that I'm queued up for. So, like, even the cutainment thing is, seems like hell for me. Well, I, I don't think it would be, like, other people just trying to take advantage of you being a captive person. And, like, I think it would be if you're lining up to play the new Pokemon, it would be, like... Here's this. Here's a bunch of iPads in the line, and you can scan your app that says you're waiting in line for this, and you can play some like point and click style Pokemon thing, or you can get a card that you can trade around the show floor to get things. I feel like it'll be stuff like that, where it'll be a part of the thing you're waiting in line for, but it's just to try to sell you even more on the experience of it. So you can be like, oh man, I was waiting in line to play the new Pokemon, and there was this Pokemon tap game that was like super cool yeah. that like earned me stuff that. They printed out a card at the end, and I'll be able to scan that in the game. And, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Look at all this stuff. I feel like it's going to be things like that, which seems cool, but could easily just be like, a, oh, yeah, the guy, like, I didn't want to play the thing. And the guy just kept coming up and being like, do you want to play the tap game? And I was like, no, I don't. Please stop asking. But then he started tapping away, and it sucked even worse. So, like, it could be that, too. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? So, I guess we'll see what this turns into. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It I mean, does seem cringy. Yeah, anytime they put celebrities and all that kind of stuff together, it's just not it's not something that I care about. Granted, I mean, I may not be the audience they're trying to drag in. No, because I mean, you're the cuz you're not going to go. I mean, let's let's be fair, none of us are probably ever going to go to E3 just because it's on the other side of the country. We have our own jobs that we have to do. I mean, Joe doesn't. He's on vacation every other week. Um, so maybe he could go, but I mean, it's not going to be I don't think E3 could do anything. That would be like, oh my god, we have to go. You're activating my FOMO right now. Uh, this certainly isn't it no. for us, at least. This is this is something where I feel like a lot of like a lot of the YouTube generation or the Twitch generation will be like, oh yes, oh my god, I want to go because I want to meet streamer X and he's going to be doing this special thing and I could win a chance to play with him and how cool would that be? I could be on the channel. Like I, that will be who they try to get to go to this. Yeah, I mean, even if it were close by, it's just not something I care to be there for no because we're commercially old people well i am <laughs> but also like again that like the point of e3 for me is to find the the premieres and like yeah. watch the trailers and all that kind of stuff i don't i don't care about the experience like that's just not what i'm here for well like i would love to play those games early the ones where it's like we just revealed it it's going to be playable on the show floor so make sure to let us know what you think like That'd be so awesome to go play some brand new revealed game live on the show floor. How awesome would that be? 
but ultimately like I've gone my whole life with just watching the trailers over and over again and being content. I don't think getting a celebrity there is going to make me want to be there playing the new announced game any more yeah. than I did before. And like even kind of playing those stuff too. It's always some wrangled in demo and there's somebody there yelling in your ear about telling you how to play the game yeah. and like explosions are going on behind you because there's another game like five feet from your face. Usually yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, we've been to PAX before, so like there's a lot of that going on in PAX too where you're just like, it's just information overload. Yeah. But, like I just want to play. Can I just play this thing? Yeah, just let, just let me hone in on what I'm trying to do, and I can do that easily from my couch. <laughs> exactly. Uh, lightning round. Happy belated Batman J- Batman Day, John. Uh, that was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Batman celebrated his 80th birthday. He's so old. So old. He's almost as old as Joe. Um, no, he's not. He's way older than Joe. Uh, but yeah, so Batman Day was yesterday. There was a whole host of Batman related things, both digitally and in the real world. There was. Batman Day um, bat signal lightups across the world oh, where yeah. they like had bat, you know, big giant spotlights with the bat symbol and everyone was standing outside and their Batman merch and they were shining them on the sides of buildings and everything. Um, there was all kinds of deal. Like every store that sells merch had Batman Day sales and stuff yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I played this week was Fortnite added a Batman event, which I was kind of excited to try. I updated Fortnite for the first time in probably a year and a half. Yeah, since the Thanos thing. Yeah, probably since the Thanos thing, uh, and I don't even recognize the game anymore, to be totally honest with you. Uh, but it wasn't like the Thanos thing, because I was expecting like a Batman mode, right? and it wasn't It wasn't that, and I was kind of bummed about that. It was just, in a regular game of Fortnite, Tilted Tower was Gotham, Gotham City, City, which looks cool, because as soon as you reach this like bubble thing that was over it, probably for the event, yeah. uh, it triggered your uh, you having a, like a cowl or a cape. Yeah. That would help you like go down. There was all kinds of different little, you know, idiosyncrasies in there. Uh, you were saying there's like Joker gas canisters around. Yeah. And, uh, searchlights as well. Yeah. Bat signals that you can turn on and stuff. So like that was pretty cool. But at the end of the day, it was just regular Fortnite. The costumes that you could buy looked really cool. They had like Catwoman outfits that you could buy. And there was like a two pack that came with a modern day bat, uh, Batman suit and a Dark Knight Batman suit. Mm-hmm. Like, those looked really cool in the game. That was kind of awesome, but I'm, I don't play Fortnite enough to be willing to spend $20 no. for these two costumes that I will never play again past, like, that day. So, I mean, cool for the people that play Fortnite and wanted Batman skins because they look fucking awesome. But I was just kind of bummed that it wasn't. Like, I played the one game. I went to Tilted Towers. I saw Gotham City. I got killed, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Turn it off. Yeah, I was like, all right, all right, I'm I'm done now. Yeah, that was that was nice. Thank you, Fortnite. That was cool. Uh, but I'm I'm done. I'm done with you for the most part. Yeah, and if they don't give you anything to do, it's just like, hey, here's some more things that we can take your money for. Which is fine. I mean, that's what that game is for the most part. Is look at all these things we can take your money for. But I wasn't willing to put in the amount of time to unlock these things, and it's going on for like a week, so or, yeah. or two, I think. No, I think it goes until like middle of October. Yeah. So like. It's cool that it's going on for a little while. If I really loved all of those things, I might try to unlock it. But certainly not without a dedicated, like, Batman mode. Right. I would have liked that, too. Like, maybe the mode is just the weekend, but you have two weeks, three weeks to unlock the things. I would have much preferred that, too. Yeah, we have these things. They're here. If you want them, come get them. Or buy them. Unlock them. Whatever you want to do. Uh, but, like, just play regular Fortnite. I was kind of bummed about that. They should have put out Gotham City Imposters for just another day. Oh, man. 
You know, that's kind of what I hoping the Fortnite was was that like someone unlocks being Batman and then other people can unlock you know being the Riddler or being the Joker and you have to try to take them down or oh, something yeah. like that. Like kinda that would have like been the Arkham City had that. Uh, yeah, I never played that that online for any of the Arkham games. It was fun, but it was incredibly broken. There was yeah. no matchmaking, so like. You had to wait for a 16th person to join, and anytime somebody dropped out, you just had to wait for another one. Yeah. Um, but nobody, like, I, I think I played, like, four rounds of it. Well, yeah, because obviously no one's buying Arkham City to play the online multiplayer. You're buying it to, like, continue the story of Arkham Asylum, which was great, and you want to play more story Batman games. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was even, when, like, when it was out. Yeah, but uh, still, like... like new. No, but nobody was, like, I bought that game and knew there was online and was still like, yeah, no, I want to play this fucking Batman story. Are you kidding? I don't want to fuck around online like i don't give a shit i want to play the batman story and i feel like most people were i want to play the batman oh, yeah, story sure. which makes the queue a much bigger problem yeah so um but that wasn't the only video game related batman thing uh obviously everyone was tweeting out all day there you know batman news and notes and all kinds of talk and chatter about um you know what what batman means to them it happy 80 years of batman all that kind of stuff uh, WB Montreal took it a step further. Uh, they started tweeting out pictures of what I believe are the bat signal events from around the world because they're just a bunch of bat signals on buildings. I don't recognize any of the buildings. But what's more important is the images that were overlaid on top of them, which were a bunch of symbols that don't really stand out. Uh, John, you and I were looking at these. No. They don't really stand out to anything specific, though some of them do bear a striking resemblance to... Uh, the Court of Owls logo. One of them kind of looks like a dragon. So there's a, maybe a Ra's al Ghul element there. Yeah. Um, the Court of Owls being a big one because uh, last year, at the end of the year, I believe, uh, the WB Montreal, I think, game director or somebody that works at that studio tweeted out a picture saying, I work on the best team ever, wearing a shirt that was very much a Court of Owls logo. Still no confirmation that that's a game that's coming out. But it does seem more and more likely that WB Montreal, who made Batman Arkham Origins, the the not good one, if you recall, um, even though Arkham Knight's not great either, no. uh, but still, I think the worst one, if you don't count, oh, Blackgate wasn't bad, though I never finished that. No, I think Arkham Knight's the worst one. Really? Yeah. I never finished that one either. It's it's all tanks, and then it just kind of ends. I see. I kind of liked the tanks at the time. I, I Now that it's free, I'll have to go back and play it. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, this seems like we're getting a Court of Owls game in some capacity. We still don't know what Rocksteady's working on. They still haven't mentioned anything. But uh, some people are pointing out there is a new um, there's a new state of play coming on Tuesday, uh, which is actually the next story in the lightning round anyway, um, for Sony. So there's speculation that maybe this tease leads into Tuesday's announcement of maybe a new Batman game. Well, and also it's worth noting that this was their first tweet since like 2015. Well, yeah, because they haven't really done anything of substance. Yeah. Since then. <laughs> but like, even like a lot of companies that don't do anything, they have like um, tweets that are like you know sales for their games that yeah. are coming up or something like that, or you know saying if somebody said like, oh, thanks, your game changed my life, and blah blah blah, they'll like retweet that kind of stuff. But, but you have to have, remember, their been... game was Batman Arkham Origins, so no one's tweeting, oh my god, your game saved my life, unless it's... I wanted tanks, and 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 you gave me tanks, and yeah. now I'm I'm glad that I'm stayed alive to play this masterpiece i used to have a crippling video game addition addiction and then i played batman arkham origins and i haven't touched a video game in three <laughs> years you guys saved Thanks my for life curing me. WB Montreal. yeah so i guess if, if it's framed like that if that's how the sentence exactly goes, and then, then maybe, maybe would, they would retweet it yeah. like, we're so we're so happy we help 
Yeah. Now we're making this thing. Yeah. Or not making this thing. Who knows what they're making? It could be any of these things. Uh, do you yeah. want to play another Batman game from the people who made Batman Arkham Origins? I mean, I'm always interested in a new Batman game. I like the Quarter Vowels story. It, um, it is a good story. The the Capullo um, stuff and Scott Snyder Batman comics. So that's the story written by Scott Snyder and drawn by um, Capullo. Yep. Um, that started their Batman reign, and that story's great. Um, so I'm super stoked for, like, if that's going to be a thing that comes out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll play it, absolutely. Uh, I don't really like that Montreal is going to be making it because they didn't really prove themselves to be making anything. But also, I think they were under the stipulation that um, there needed to be a Batman game every year. Um, And so they, you know, pushed out two very mediocre games to fill in the gaps of the every year. No, they just did the one. They just did that one. I thought they did Origins as well, is what you said. They did Origins. What other game did you talk about? they didn't do Arkham Knight? No, Rocksteady did Arkham Knight. Oh, well, fuck you, Rocksteady. Um, so maybe I mean, they just... hey, to be fair, they made the first two good ones, too. Well, and they they also probably were on the stipulation. I remember hearing when I was working at GameStop that they were going to try and make an, a new Batman every year. So that um, Montreal was... But those didn't even was... come out year after year. So no, but that Montreal just... was going to be the uh, Treyarch to the Infinity Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Arkham Knight didn't do well, and they're like, our bad. Um so sure, if it they've been working on it for a while, so it could mean Most good likely, things, yeah. and they have got a long gap between them. So sure. And the problem with Arkham Origins wasn't so much that it was necessarily a bad game; it was just super repetitive. Like it was like go to this end of the island, beat this bad guy, take the thing that he gave you, and then go back to the other end of the island, and then go back and forth and back and forth. But obviously, like there's no vehicles in those earlier ones, so you're just like floating and flying back and forth, doing like diving and like recovery like how how you had to fly in the arkham games and so you're just doing that forever and it just got so repetitive and like stupid that it just wasn't fun to play anymore well and they had like all the the challenge um the wingsuit challenges that were fucking impossible to do anyway where like you had to go through the rings and everything so there was a lot of extended uh story stuff or extended gameplay that wasn't story related Yeah, yeah yeah um but again, I think that was under the stipulation that they needed to make one every year. So they were kind of crunched for time. And they're like, let's just make more of the same thing to get money. Yeah, I guess it worked. But it was a bummer of a game. So I guess we'll see if it uh, if it gets unveiled. The earliest possible time I think it could be unveiled would be Lightning Round. Tuesday's Sony State of Play, which is their answer to the Nintendo Direct or the Microsoft the game show. What is their thing called? I honestly Xbox don't remember. Xbox Connect? No, that's, I mean, yeah, something like that. I don't know. They don't do it very often. No. Um, whatever their game show is that they have. Um, so we don't really know much about what's going to be unveiled Tuesday. Uh, but since the announcement of the State of Play, which says it's airing, I think, at 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. live on the West Coast time, uh, so 4 o'clock Eastern, do the other math yourself if you live in a different area. I only know how to do the quick math on my area. <laughs> uh then the only thing so since that time that they've announced that state of play is coming there has been an uptick in tweets from people from naughty dog and from the account for the last of us Mm -hmm. so it's looking like the last of us 2 will either get a release date which we still don't have more gameplay footage some other kind of announcement maybe some kind of online component beta announcement thing Uh, but it's looking like this might be a 
uh, state of play focused on The Last of Us. And I think you had said it's going to be a little bit longer than the yeah, previous ones. Yeah, they said ones. it was going to be 20 minutes long. Um, the last ones were only like 12, I think, 12 to 15. Yeah, and it was like filled that. with a bunch of pretty much nothing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they said that uh, it's going to be a hefty show weighing in around 20 minutes and sporting a fresh new look. Uh, so they got good news to share with us uh, that includes new game reveals, new content, and a host of other updates. So it's not just going to be Last of Us. So I guess no, there's no, going to no. be other stuff. Too. But that, I think that's the biggest piece uh, that's since come out since the announcement of it is that there will be a focus on Last of Us 2, which makes sense. That's the most likely next game after Death Stranding. Yeah even though I hesitate to call Death Stranding a game because it still doesn't seem like one. Um, and there needs to be sequels or maybe there doesn't for Death Stranding. That came out this week as well where he said, in order to make more stranding, to make stranding games a genre, I may need sequels because you just might not understand the genre of stranding games. Nobody understands what this is to begin with. <laughs> so maybe we'll get more explanation of what a stranding game is. A I don't, strand I don't, game. I don't. At the, uh, the newest State of Play. Is there anything you want to see at the State of Play, though? Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima. Hmm. I don't think Tsushima. that we'll get that if this is going to be more Last of Us focused. I, I don't know how much of The Last of Us they're going to show off, though. That's true. It could just be a, here's a release date, here's the box art, here's a new trailer that shows almost nothing new because we know you want to play it, so just Yeah, play it. and like it's one of those things that like it's going to sell hand over fist. They don't need to try and sell it to us, so try and focus on something that they, they potentially have to sell to us. So something that's new, something. Yeah. Um. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima is new. They haven't said anything past the E3, um, trailer for it mm-hmm. two years ago. Um. So do more of new stuff to get people engrossed. I, I, people. No, everyone's gonna buy Last of Us. So. True. If even if it's like tacked on the end where they're like, here's a new trailer for it. It's like two minutes long, and they're like, you know, multiplayer beta. Sign up for it now. Yeah. Like, Which I feel like is probably the most we're going to get is yeah. release date and some other in-between piece of information. So either a demo that's released or a, you know, a beta for some online component. I think that's all that we'll really get. I don't think it's going to be a 10-minute gameplay or like the first 10 minutes. Like they sometimes do with Nintendo Directs where yeah. it's, okay, this is the Smash Direct. It's 25 minutes of Smash news. Get ready for Smash. You're going to want Smash. I don't think we're getting that with The Last of no. Us. Well, and they specifically said there's going to be a new game announcement, so... Yeah. So... Who knows what that's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm hoping a healthy dose of some new VR stuff. That could be pretty cool, yeah. even though I have a backlog now of VR things that I have to play. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't even really know what I want beyond Ghost of Tsushima um, information, because there's not really much else to look forward to until what I assume will be the uh, PSX in the winter where they unveil the PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. Like, that's when I assume the next one will be. Like, we'll get this state of play now, and then in December we get PSX, which I don't think has been confirmed yet, but I have to assume that's coming, and that's when we're getting a PS5 reveal. I mean, maybe they'll announce the the actual date of the PSX. That could be it, too. That could be what wraps it up. And, like, you won't want to miss this year's PSX where we have a big... Like, yeah. one of the biggest announcements of all time, yeah. which would be new console, backwards compatible to the first PlayStation, all these other things uh, that they say is coming with the next next generation of systems. So, 
Why? Yeah, we'll see uh, Tuesday afternoon what the uh, right Tuesday twenty fourth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what the new state of play will bring for the uh, the Sony family. Lightning round coming to the Nintendo family. Most importantly, the Switch. Uh, we got some new Dragon Quest games. So the first three Dragon Quest games are gonna be put on the Switch, which is nice. They're just not gonna be remastered or redone or anything like that. They're just being dropped on the Switch. Yeah, I mean this is pretty much what they did with the like the Final Fantasies within the last year, where they just put like seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. ten, ten two all on there. The ten and ten two might have been that HD collection. I don't remember, but it's very similar where they're just like literally dropping the original like versions of these games just onto the the Switch. Yeah, um, ten and ten two were the the HD remasters, mm-hmm. and I think these are the seven and eight and nine are also HD. They're just not remasters, so like they're gonna yeah, look. it's like the PC ports. I think where yeah. they're upscaled a little bit, but they're still basically the same game. But it's I mean these are NES games we're yeah. talking about, so like <laughs> they're further further back. Um, I got excited like reading the headlines because I was like, oh cool, like I, I can go back and play these in one concise package. Like I have them on the Game Boy Color. But I don't have like a way to play Game Boy Color games readily available. I got an SP right here in the room somewhere. Well, yeah, and I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I also have the game somewhere in an attic in yeah. my, my parents' house in a different state. Um, so I was excited, and then I would saw that they were like nothing new. So eh, nice. I'm glad that they're accessible. Uh, new Dragon Quest comes out next week, which I mm. will not be buying because like. Well, you I mean, will, just not right off the bat. Not off the bat, yeah. yeah. I, I bought Deus, Damon X Machina, and I never even opened it, so I have lots of games I haven't played yet. Um, it is the fall game season. It is upon us. Well, and like the nice thing is there's nothing until November that I care to play, so yeah. I have a good chunk of time to get through the four things that I bought recently that I haven't played. Yeah, I'll have to look back on our fall games preview episode that we did. No, we did a spring one. We didn't do a fall games preview. No, today. no. No. I'll have to look back at what's coming out because I don't actually think there's a lot of stuff that I'm super jazzed about this fall because, like, I don't care about, like, I don't, there's not really any big, like, there's no Sony first party games, I don't think. No. Like, Death Stranding's beginning of next year or is it this fall too? I don't I think it's know. this year. I think it's November. Cool. Don't care about that either way. Um, I guess the launch of Stadia is really the biggest thing I'm looking forward to yeah. just because I want to see what it's like and that's coming up at the beginning of November too, so... Yeah, I've got time, and I've got a nice backlog of things that I've been wanting to play for a while, so I think that'll actually hold me over quite well. Are you going to get these Dragon Quest games? Um, if they release a physical version, potentially. Um, yeah. They're digital right now. It was the same thing with the Mana games that uh, they put out. That, that Or not the Mana games. Um, crap. There was an RPG that came out. They put it, two of them out, and they, they were digital-only releases, and it was 40 bucks for both of them. And I was just like, no. <laughs> like, well, these are much cheaper. I think these are like five, six bucks a piece, aren't they? Yeah, I think they're cheap. But um, I'm just more of a physical person anyway. Uh, and these are also things that they could eventually put on the Nintendo Online service. Like, they're not that far from being put on these. Mm. I think Dragon, the original Dragon Quest is already on it. Um, Dragon, yeah, Dragon Warrior is what, what it was called here. Yeah, is that on? Is that available for purchase, or is that the? Uh, or no, is I think that on it's the NES. Of, uh, yeah, I think okay. it's part of the NES online. Yeah, that does seem like that's the where it is. Um, so if they put out like a physical release, maybe. Um, I just don't. I don't care to buy things digital unless they're digital only games. And I mean, th- this is technically a digital only game, but I have it in physical form on other systems before. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's nice that people who want to play these games who maybe not didn't have the opportunity to do it will have the opportunity to do it now. Um, I'm hoping that like if it does well, they'll put out like a Dragon Quest collection physically. So like the the first three games, um, maybe the Dragon Quest Monster games that were on the um, Game Boy Color as well, or I think the first one was on the original Game Boy. Um, they were like Pokemon pretty much, but mm-hmm. Dragon Quest. So that would be nice to have like a nice cohesive Dragon Quest like old school collection. But as far as this is, nah, it's not for me. I mean, even though I like the the franchise. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, lightning round. Uh, last time on a lightning round here. We probably should have known we were talking about GameStop earlier since it's a little bit connected to it. Uh, but the son of the GameStop founder wants to do something in gaming that hasn't really been done yet. John, even, you want to tell us about this? Even though it kind of has. So um, there's a, a pitch for a thing called Ven, which um, stands for the Video Game Entertainment News Network. Um that's going to be uh, a 24-7 uh, network aimed at, like, uh, esports and uh, dedicated services. Or, you know, they're going to make their own content and everything like that uh, to put online. And some big names are behind it. Uh, I don't remember his name, but the, the son of the, the co-founder of GameStop. I think it's, it's Ben Cushion and Ariel Horn are the two people that are working to, to start this. I don't remember which one is the... Oh, yeah. Cushion is the son of Gary Cushion, who co-founded Babbage's, the company that became GameStop yeah. in the 90s. Um, but they're putting down $17 million with uh, other people like uh, Riot Games founder Mark Merrill um, and the co-founder of Blizzard, uh, Mike Morhaime, also is putting money towards this. Yeah, there's um, an eSport investment group uh, that owns uh, holdings in Team Liquid. Uh, Niantic and Epic are also here. As well as the uh, the president of Top Golf, who was also an early investor to get them to the seventeen million dollar mark to create this network, which is not like we say network and they say network. Obviously, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a television network, as most people would think. Um, it's going to be more in line of a digital network. I think the WWE Network, a Twitch channel, a YouTube channel. Yeah, they're going to start on Twitch and YouTube. That's what they've said. I think that makes the most sense. That'll be the easiest way to get your mark into the gaming space because mm-hmm. you're going to have to start somewhere. Um, they're going to start with studio shows in New York and L.A. Uh, and according to the article and the press release, they want to make about 55 hours a week of like new content. Yeah. So that'll be... Original programming. Yeah, so that'll be scripted shows, esports tournaments, interviews, shows, like news programs that just talk about the news of the week. Don't watch those, listen to us, just by the way, whenever that starts. Just listen to us instead. Get your news of the week from here, the Broken Clocks podcast. Yeah, and you don't have to weed through 55 hours worth of it. That's true, you don't. Um, so this sounds nifty, uh, but uh, they G4 already existed and like tanked, so we don't. To be fair, though, the climate in which Tech TV and G4 existed is not the video game climate now. Like, they had any of their, like, esports was land stuff. It was, what was the, was it Battle? What was the show where they played, like, Unreal Tournament and America's Army? And, like, it was, like, a competition show. But that was, like, early in the life. Like, G4 lasted a lot longer than you think it did. No, I mean, yeah, but still, like, esports isn't what it was today. 
when, right. when G4 yeah, existed. Yeah, now it's like streaming isn't what like it is today when G4 existed. For like, sure. G4 fell off right before the boom to what like online media for games is now. Mm-hmm. Where if G4 existed now, they'd be thriving. They they would have the Overwatch League. They would have the League of Legends, you know, championship leagues. Like these things that are on ESPN would be on G4, and that would be a thriving network because right. they they'd have access to all these. Like they'd they'd be the ones running Evo streams. They'd be the one like Ninja would have a show on G4 by now. If instead of going to Mixer or something like that, if the network existed now, I think, but whether or not it can compete with all these independent streamers that people have been following without buying up those streamers to put them on their network, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But there are a bunch of companies behind this that are willing to give it a a shot to find out. It makes sense. I I don't think it's like I'm the target audience for this. Again, going back on what we were saying for E3, like I don't really care about streamers or esports um the only few stream stuff i've watched was like summer games done quick and that yeah. kind of stuff where like it's more about uh watching like the crowd react to stuff mm-hmm. more like i don't i don't like i don't watch smashed competitions or Evo or any of that kind of stuff um but it is nice to know that like video game is entering a network that can stream 24 7 and not just be like you know, gamer girls or, you know, ninja doing stupid stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that'll be relevant and, and more news, hence the, the news network aspect of it. I don't know if this will do very well, um, but we'll, we'll see. I'm sure there's going to be an app of some sort that, like, mm-hmm. you can watch it through that. Yeah, they said they wanted to bring it to a variety of content platforms, most importantly, YouTube and Twitch. Obviously, that's where you want to start. Right. Um, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that with more investment or more, you know, subscribes on Twitch or investments in YouTube or anything like that, that they couldn't launch their own like WWE network style right. app yeah. where you can watch that 24 seven content anytime you want and then have a back catalog of content to be able to watch at the push of a button rather than having to search through old feeds on Twitch. Well, like every streaming thing has its own app now. Like they're not terribly hard to, I guess, make I guess the, the big thing is about trying to get them on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'd start with the big. You'd start with the iOS and the Androids and then try and make your way. Well, I guess you probably start with the video game <laughs> systems in this instance. Yeah. Um, and then slowly work your way to Fire Stick. Well, and they wouldn't have to be the ones to be making the app. I mean, most of the – like, WWE doesn't even make their app. No, it's for sure. Like, yeah, MLB it's going to be made Advanced by media. somebody else. Yeah. Most of those are made by MLB Advanced Media, um, which makes, like, the MLB network – like the at bat app i think they make espn plus and like the watch espn app is made by them WWE network was made by them yeah um so you can get you can get a company like that to make your app you obviously have to shell out the money and that's where this comes from yeah you also have to use the startup money to sign people to want to be hosts like do you go get a you know a guy like a jeff Keeley who's probably you know uh, requesting a pretty for, yeah. yeah a pretty penny because yeah. he has a pedigree or do you go and try to get unknowns? Do you try to pluck people who are shoutcasters and streamers to come host your in-studio show? Are you pulling people from GameSpot and IGM? Like, where are you getting these people from? You're going to need money to to woo these people to your network. So, seventeen million seems like a lot, but to start a whole network, it seems like a very low amount. And I feel like it's going to have to it's going to have to start slow. And this is very ambitious. And I don't think it'll be like this at the outset. 
I don't know that you're going to be able to rent studio space in New York and Los Angeles, have staff in both places, have hosts in both places, have people who are able to go out on remotes and do interviews at tournaments, mm -hmm. broadcast the tournaments themselves. Like 17, you're going to blow through 17 million real quick. It's just like, it's a lot to start a network. Yeah. Even if it, even if you don't need to be on cable and showing ratings per se, because you could, you know, survive for a while and maybe, you know, subscriptions to the the network on Twitch or YouTube if that's where you're starting, because anyone could just tune that out at any point and it's it's easy. But I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's very ambitious. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, and I like that this is like the video games aren't just like a kids thing. I mean, uh, it's not that it's been a kid's thing for a while, but no. like since the death of G4, really, it, it's all been an internet, you know, culture, I guess. Yeah. And with this, it's trying to branch out to do other stuff, so that's nice. Yeah, and at a time where, like I said, ESPN's airing Overwatch League. Yeah. ESPN is airing, you know, Madden tournaments. If you can be the official home of these places, granted, the pedigree with ESPN's a little bit higher, but if you become the ESPN of video games of esports then i think you can you can do a pretty good job because most people don't trust the espn analysis of the overwatch league because like they're not talking about it on sports center they're only talking about it in that segment and if they talk about it on sports center you're just like oh you know yeah, a bunch of nerds play video games yeah you don't play like right. you have the guy who does play you have the guy who just won you have the hosts you know the shoutcasters that you're using you have them on the sports center to ask them questions but you don't like the host doesn't know. It's the same thing with like that we're seeing lately with with wrestling, where they're moving to Fox and like Braun Strowman was on the other day on like an MLB game on Fox, and they were like, "So you have five championships?" He doesn't. Uh, what's that like? And he's like, oh, "I just uh, I, I won." Get, get these hands. Yeah, like so it just <laughs> it doesn't necessarily work if the people that are doing the interviewing and the people that are hosting these shows aren't people that play games themselves mm -hmm. and. If there's one thing that gamers can all do with 100% accuracy is recognize when someone isn't a person who's ever touched a video game controller in the last five to ten years. Yeah. They, they can point that out. Like, um, ask any person anytime they see a video game commercial or people playing video game in a movie. They're like, that's not right. Their buttons, your button, your hands wouldn't be anywhere near those buttons. What are you doing? Why are you pressing a bumper? You're playing, you know, you're playing whatever. Like, why are you even right. doing that? What are you doing? You're playing Mario 1. Why are you touching the bumpers? That's not real. Why are your hands just fidgeting all over the controller? So, like, people can tell when you don't know what you're talking about. And so, if you have a network full of people that know what they're talking about, people are going to be at least curious to tune in. So, it's worthwhile. I think they're going to need a lot more money, and they're going to need a lot of time, and be okay with a slow growth. And I, don't and I hope they're not anticipating making a splash. Which no. they could, but... But they're not going to. No. I think you, you hope that you do... But plan for if you don't, mm -hmm. because you're going to have to get a lot of people to convince them that a whole network is better than their favorite streamer or their favorite, you know, video game tournament that they watch or games done quick. Yeah. I mean, exclusives like anything are going to be what sells it. Yeah. The talk shows, the studio, like analysis of things like because that's a thing I feel like video game esports is missing is the. Let's talk about it for, you know, like an hour after it. Like, if the big Overwatch League finals are on Sunday, let's have a studio show on Tuesday where we break down the action. Yeah. I feel like that's where you make it a more legitimate sport. And a network dedicated to that goes a long way in creating that atmosphere. I mean, Evo has that because it's a constant thing. 
Um, but it's a, that's a weekend, you know. Yeah, ex- exactly. And like you, you get to talk about it where like in while they're setting up for the next tournament, you have the you know the four people on the couch being like, yeah, you know, but they don't really know. Like they know the game, but I don't think they have the sports caster mindset all the time. Where sometimes they'll forget that they're supposed to be breaking down the action, and then they get caught up in like bits or someone you know, or like yeah. what gifts they're giving away if you right. subscribe or yeah. do all these things. Yeah. And I feel like that's where you lose it, lose it a little bit. Like I'm losing my voice. <coughs> I'm so passionate about Ven. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that doesn't even exist yet. I think it does not exist in the slightest, uh, and may never. I mean, who who knows? But um, it's I'm, a nice idea, though. Yeah. So it's. I think it's a little weird that this is very clearly like a Texas-based thing. Like they've got the guy who did Top Golf, which is a Texas. You know, it started in Dallas. Uh, you've got GameStop, which is a Texas-based company. Like the the son is probably from Texas too. Yeah. But yet they have obviously you have to have them in New York and LA and these big cities. But I think they're missing out. I feel like Austin would have been a really good spot for this to start because like Austin has a thriving young people community. But they've already got Rooster Teeth. That's true, but I but maybe you fold them in here. Like maybe you do something like you partner with them. They've got a pedigree. They've already, good. already partnered with um, Crunchyroll and Verve oh, and true. all of that. So yeah, yeah. they've already got their hands in. Uh, they're part of full screen media. So mm. like that's an even bigger thing. That's like a yeah. global. True, but still like but the the fact that that area is a thriving young people area, mm-hmm. you easily could get. You know, live studio audiences for smaller little tournaments and things like that, which they may still do, but it seems weird that they're just like immediately going coastal with it. But it also makes sense because that's where the TV jobs are. That's where the yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. There's no timetable on this yet. No. Obviously, it's just something that's getting announced. They're just putting out the initial press release. The 17 million is just initial, you know, backings from investors. This could grow now that it's out there. Other right. companies could want to get their, you know, their start with it by saying like, "Hey, let me get on the ground floor. Let me get advertisements." Especially, you know, Sony's and Microsofts are gonna. If this thing launches by the end of 2020, you're gonna want advertisements about yeah, your newest your console. consoles. You're gonna want a whole launch show dedicated yeah. to the Scarlet or the PS5. I miss that kind of stuff, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it, and like it could be really cool, like to do these big giant unveilings of consoles yeah. and having people lined up around the block at the Microsoft Store in New York for when this thing launches. Like, you have a whole studio, like you have the stage set up for a special launch episode on Ven of the Scarlet or yeah. something like that. Well, yeah. like they did with the original Xbox, right? So, I don't know. We'll see. There's a there's a lot still to come with this, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah, it's it's nice that it exists. It's nice that it's something that they're trying. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, we shall, and we'll be covering it the whole way because we're the original Ven. You know, it's yeah. us. We did it. We're yeah. before anything else. Before there was a Ven, there was us. So yep. just remember that when Ven's here, that we were here before Ven. Take Th- that. That's Ven. our new slogan. We were here from Fox <laughs> Podcast. We were here before Ven. Um, all right, uh, John. Did I miss anything for the lightning round? Not lightning round no, for this week. It was week? a pretty light week. It was a pretty light week. Uh, we should have Joe back next week. Uh, we may do some little remote segments next week. We may go on an outing. We'll see. We may have some different stuff to talk about. Yeah. 
Uh, but we will see. Uh, that'll do it then for the lightning round, not lightning round for this week, which will do it for this week's episode of the Broken Clock Podcast Gamescast. Remember, you can find the Gamescast every Monday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, so let us know what you would like to see in a GameStop store redesign, uh, what you think of Qtainment at E3, and whether or not you'd be swayed by an NBA basketball player playing NBA in front of you or with you or near you or with another celebrity in the same area as you. or another basketball player. Um, and what you would like to see from Sony State of Play, I'm sure we'll be talking about that as well throughout the week. Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for the Broken Clock Podcast Gamescast, my name is Adam. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.